brethren, it's a pleasure being here once again. And last week I closed on divorce and remarriage. And today I'll be starting a, a new topic. And I'm going to look on the area of the law-related text used by all Seventh-day Adventist movements to ensnare the Christian mind. So as I've always indicated that all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. So I just give a brief introduction so persons can have an idea as to where I will be, you know, going with these segments, right? So I'll start. Notwithstanding the fact that the earliest attempts to corrupt the grace of God attracted divine and apostolic disapproval, which one can read Acts chapter 15 from verses 1 to 29 for yourselves. In the 19th century, however, the arch enemy of God's grace succeeded in recruiting an apostle, albeit a female one, who, by her willingness to accept and disseminate his diabolical inspirations and false visions, has secured a worldwide distribution of heretical books and pamphlets which have in turn attracted a large enough cadre of followers who have caused no small damage to the true church of God by the propagation of those false doctrines which she claimed she received from God. The greatest of her erroneous doctrines is that of salvation through the merits of the blood of Jesus Christ plus obedience to the law of God. Because of this fundamental error in her plan of salvation, all law-related texts or scriptures containing the word commandments or commandments with a S have been given a denominational interpretation and skillfully used as a snare to confuse the Christian and the inquirer's mind. So today and moving forward, these segments that I will be sharing therefore are designed to set these misinterpretations of these law-related or commandments-related texts and scriptures straight. So brethren, snare number one. So I'll start, right, discussing snare number one today. Now, I'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20. First, so in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20, it states, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because they have no light in them. So that was Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. So the scripture that I just read, or the Testament text, which refers specifically to Israel's departure from God, while seeking counsel from witches and necromancers is often taken out of its prime context and heretically used as a barometer to measure one's fidelity as a Christian. Now, although John chapter 1 verse 17 informs us that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, our friends on the left falsely reason that if one speaks outside of the realm of the law or the testimony, it is because there is no light in that individual. 
Undoubtedly, the SDA's position is based upon the fallacious conclusion that the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ was created to replace national Israel as God's people on earth. To be honest, nothing could be more further from the truth than that heretical Seventh-day Adventist position. This explains the attempted marriage of Judaism and Christianity by all Seventh-day Adventists. Notwithstanding the fact that Jesus made it abundantly clear that Christianity was not introduced to patch up the old garment called Judaism, and also that the old wineskin of Judaism was not capable of containing the new wine called Christianity. Read Matthew chapter 9, verse 17. Now, when one remembers that the law and the prophets prophesied until John, and since that time the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone presseth into it, as Luke chapter 16, verse 16 states, one must understand that the dispensation of the law and that of the kingdom of God are two distinct dispensations with unique purposes and characteristics of their own. Proof of this fact can be gleaned by Jesus' discourse in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. For in many instances, he said, It was said. And he also said, But I say, thereby suggesting some improvements, additions, and even cancellations of what obtained under dispensation of the law. The following proof substantiates my stated position. For while Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 20 approved the swearing for the children of Israel with whom that first covenant was made, Jesus in this kingdom age forbids the swearing altogether. Now if persons are in doubt with what I'm sharing today, please read Matthew chapter 5 verse 34 for which reads in part, but I say unto you, swear not at all. So that was Matthew chapter 5 verse 34. Now I am not in any way suggesting that witchcraft is now approved. For it is not. Please understand me brethren. It is not. However, the point I am advancing is this. This Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 text cannot be accurately used to determine whether one is Christian or not. If, in treating with doctrinal matters, one does not refer to the law or testimony in one's discourse, for it is quite possible and surely appropriate for one to point someone to the gospel and or the epistles while treating with doctrinal issues of the New Testament church. Now, if in pointing someone to Christ, one can find one's discourse to the Gospels and the Epistles, one would have been doctrinally correct in so doing, since Hebrew chapter 1, from verses 1 to 2, inform us accordingly when it states, God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, 
had in these last days spoken to us by his son. So that was Hebrew chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. And his son has accordingly informed us that his final lesson for his church would have been communicated to the church by his spirit, which he would send after he was glorified. So that was in John chapter 16 from verses 12 to 13. Now, while the law was described as a light, Jesus said that he and his disciples are now the light of the world. So to suggest that one must speak according to the law and to the testimony in this dispensation of grace as proof of one's spiritual enlightenment is totally unscriptural. And the answers to the following questions would prove my point. If one speaks according to the tenets of the gospel, is it because that one has no light in him? Again, I ask, if one were to speak according to the tenets of the epistles, can that one be deemed as having no light in him? Or should one speak according to what is written in the book of Revelation? Can that one be deemed as having no light in him? From the obvious answers to the questions, therefore, those are the questions that I just asked. Therefore, we know that our SDA friends' position is doctrinally flawed and must be deemed as the twisting of this law-related text of Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20, to give credence to the law-based doctrines to which they tenaciously cling. Brethren, the gravity of the SDA's folly is surely unveiled by the answer to the following question, and my answer is this. Where in the law or the testimonies can one point a prospective Christian to water baptism by immersion? So please give. So what I would like persons to do is to give me the book, the chapter, and the verse, please. We all know that there is no such text in the law. Brethren, there is no such text in the entire Old Testament for that matter. Of this, I am absolutely sure. Brethren and Advent friends, to understand what God wanted to communicate to the children of Israel by this Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 text, one must read what preceded that declaration accordingly. The following is quoted for your edification. And that goes like this. And when they, meaning the heathen, shall say unto you, meaning children of Israel, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19. So from that scripture, therefore, it is obvious that God was telling the children of Israel the following. If seducers try to entice you to seek guidance from familiar spirits or any other form of necromancy, 
do not follow their advice. For I have given you the law and the testimony to impact your conduct and for your source of guidance. Now, since I have already given you the law and the testimony as your source of guidance, if seducers try to entice you to seek guidance outside of the covenanted confines of the law or the testimony, this know, O children of Israel, that your seducers are doing so because they have no light in them. Brethren and SDA friends, is the correct interpretation of this Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 verse. So this being the case, the SDA's interpretation must be rejected as being heretical and deliberately biased in favor of their law-based teachings upon which the Seventh-day Adventist movement was built. This is most assuredly so. Since the Apostle Paul the God-ordained apostle to and teacher of the Gentiles, as 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7 states, or 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 11 states, in all of his evangelistic campaigns, always highlighted the gospel as the God-ordained vehicle for salvation in this dispensation of grace. See Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Romans chapter 10 verse 9, or 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, if persons are not in agreement with me. So, brethren, that is my end of snare number one. So, next week, I'll be live again to share snare number two. So, as I've always shared and indicated, Jesus Christ will be returning and he will be returning soon, brethren. Spend time and read your Holy Bible. We need the scriptures when we are actually fighting spiritually because we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers and powers in high places. Brethren, surround yourselves with people that are walking this straight and narrow path. Jesus Christ will be returning and will be returning soon. Prepare yourselves for Jesus Christ's return. Because what lies ahead, brethren, if you cannot stand up for Jesus Christ, then I don't know, brethren, but we have to stand up for Jesus Christ. Just as all the saints did it, we also have to stand up for Jesus Christ, trusting him and believing in his word so jesus christ loves you and i love you so bye for now brethren